0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader.
1: This episode, we're ticking off our first box on our 2023 Reading Glasses, Reading Glasses Challenge. Read a novella. (laughs) And giving you advice on what to do if you accidentally become a book thief. Hey, stick around for that. (laughs) But first, what are you reading, Bria? (laughs) I... Um, In reading a book, it was recommended for people who... Okay, Mallory, listen to this recommendation. For people who want Convenience Store Woman meets My Year of Rest and Relaxation, which are two books I enjoyed quite a bit. And it's by Kikuko Samura and translated by Polly Barton. It is about... I mean, it's about a young woman who goes to various jobs. So the book kind of feels like... It's 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 divided by these jobs, and I don't know how many. There's like five or six or something. And um, it's the book is all about these different jobs that she takes and why she chooses not to stay at each one. Um, the first one, for example, is like she's in this office building and she has to watch this guy on a monitor all day long and what he does, and he has some sort of like contraband, like goods in a DVD case. So if he ever goes to the DVD case, she has to like write it down. But then she starts to notice. That every time she eats something at her office, he eats the same thing in his at his place, and then she starts to notice that she he's a writer. And she starts seeing his books places, and she can't figure out if this is all a coincidence. So it's just it's a little almost supernatural at times, but not quite. And then some of the jobs they just are like not good for other reasons. Um, it's it's a really interesting like book about workplace culture, I guess, in some ways. I super am enjoying it. I think it's very interesting. Um, And that description, Convenience Store Woman, meets my year of rest and relaxation. I mean, that's very
0: much for me. I was going to say, Bria book alert for sure. Yeah, yeah. What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a really weird book, and I love it so much. And I think you're going to like it. I finally switched over to 2023 reads uh, because— just to remind people, this year we are starting during the Maximum fund drive. We're going to start doing anticipated book episodes for our Maximum Fund members. So uh, with recommendations from me and Bria and a big list of all the books that are coming out soon, so you can put them on your library holds list or pre-order them. So I've switched into Mega 2023 Release Zone, and uh, this is out in March 7th. It's called Mon- Monstrilio by Gerardo Samano Cordova, and... Content warnings for child death and eating people uh, a little bit, just a smidge. I was just <laughs> talking with someone about how cannibalism is the next big thing in, in horror books. It is. It, but this one's extra weird. So the book starts in Mexico City and it's this couple and their son has just died. Their son, I think he's like, he's like nine or ten. And they are obviously quite distraught about it. And the mom cuts out a piece of the son's lung. And uh, she returns. Oh, yeah. So, no, it starts in New York. After their son dies, they come back to Mexico City where they're from. And she has this, like, little piece of uh, lung in a jar. And uh, she starts feeding it. And it starts growing into a little monster. Oh, wow. uh, I like that. (laughs) A little furry monster. And it continues to keep growing uh, because the more she feeds it. And uh, the only problem is it likes to eat. A lot of meat. And it gets weirder and weirder from there. Uh, but it is this like just brilliant book about grief and family and love and being who you are. Because obviously they want this little monster to be like their son, but he's not. He's a little monster. Uh he's very clearly not their son. Um, and so and the book is told from like you get to see different per- per- like perspectives. Eventually, you get to see his perspective, which is really cool. I like that. It's just so s- so strange, and so, even though it's very sad, it's, like, very fun and, and silly, and, oh, it's, it's brilliant. So it's out on March 7th, uh, and that's called Monstrilio by Gerardo Simano Cordova. And mine is There's No Such Thing as an
1: Easy Job by Kikuko Samura, translated by Polly Barton.
0: So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Caitlin wrote in with a hot book tip. <laughs> hot book tip. We got we're recording this on Saturday morning, so this is definitely a hot book tip in the morning. <laughs> uh, Caitlin says, hi, Brian Mallory. Get the slide whistle ready. Both of us cannot find our slide whistles, whistles
1: right now. Sorry, we're we are slide whistle. Yes. Sand slide whistle.
0: We'll find them. We'll find them. Uh, Because do I have a hot book tip for you? Caitlin says, you know, when you're all cozy in bed and you're ready to read, but the only way to hold your book slash e-reader involves exposing your bare, delicate arms to the frigid night air. (laughs) The worst, right? Sure, you can throw on a sweater or hoodie, but then you have the whole awkward pre-sleep disrobing, which is disruptive to you and any people or animals you might be sharing the bed with. this is a problem for me. Well, maybe Caitlin might solve it. If you put a cardigan or a zip front hoodie on backwards, <laughs> this problem is solved. Warm arms, check. No awkward leaning forward to pull clothes off before you sleep. Check. Seriously, it works so well. You can even wear inside out to avoid itchy tags on your neck. <laughs> We're gonna have to test this out, I think. I'm into testing this. Let's add this to the book tag. Backwards sweatshirts. <laughs> Backward sweatshirts. Caitlin says, Love the show. I'm a teen librarian at a public library. And since I spend most of my paid time focused on YA, I appreciate you all keeping me up to speed on adult titles. Thanks for the book wrecks, the laughs, and your constant championing of libraries. We are fucking awesome. And so are you. Oh, that's uh, so lovely. All right, we gotta have to, we gotta test this yes, out. Yes, That will be on our list of things to test out. Tracy
1: wrote in and said, Hi Brian Mallory. I've been with you since the beginning, listening to your podcast, since the first couple were out, and I'm a diehard fan. Thanks, Tracy. It's a joke with people who know me because I quote from Refer to Your Podcast a lot. I'm writing to comment on Bria's analogy of a book's life cycle from frontlist to PYP to backlist to paperback. She compared the book's life cycle to that of a human and then said it didn't work once we got to paperbacks. I think the analogy holds. Okay. I'm, I'm with you, Tracy. I'm in my 50s and I would be okay getting compared to a trade paperback because I'm more flexible than I used to be. I show wear more than I used to. I can get damage more easily. The content is still there, and I'm highly portable. <laughs> what makes a person oh my highly God, portable? <laughs>
0: So much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that doesn't jive for me is that I don't weigh less than I used to. But that's okay, because I'm not trying to impress people like you used to. I guess that part applies. Some people care about the appearances of the books more than the content. That's true. Thanks for what you do. Your shows are my weekend treat when I'm out wa- walking my dog, and I always laugh out loud at some point. That is very funny. I
0: And you're right. This. I didn't <laughs> want to compare
1: pe- like people to the trade paperback. I thought that was rude. But now that you're saying it like this, you know— you're more flexible. You're very portable. The content's all still there. I, I like it. This is like a positive
0: thing. I'm a little cheaper than I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love this. This is amazing. Uh, and then Ari wrote in with A Wheelhouse, which is unreliable narrator with magic, body horror, post-apocalyptic and fantasy that challenges gender roles, graphic novels, toxicology nonfiction, and anything written by Neil Gaiman or Garth Nix. Oh my gosh. What is What is... You think Ari's job or
1: toxicology nonfiction? Because I don't know anybody else who's reading that. That feels like a workplace thing. I don't
0: know. Specific? I mean, just, I, just I think toxicology. maybe after... Co- what does that entail, toxicology? Bria's Googling this.
1: It's the poisons. It's poisons and toxins. Poisons.
0: Oh, well, don't mess with Ari. She <laughs> will take you out. Because <laughs> that's what, okay. the only thing I know about toxicology is when they like... Someone gets murdered, they're like, we got to run a toxicology panel. That's yeah. all I know. Yeah. All right. Exciting. Uh, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes and quick bookmark from me. uh, I have been off the Internet for a really long time, but I popped on yesterday to tell everyone that I got my finished copies, final copies of my new book, Girls Make Movies. And they're really Gorgeous. I am blown away by how, how good they look. Uh, so I wrote this book and my friend Jen Vaughn illustrated it. It's out May 23rd so you can pre-order it right now or ask your library to and it is a non-fiction book that is meant for middle grade and YA. I tried to Write it so it would appeal to anyone from a nine-year-old to a 16-year-old. And it's all about making movies. So if you have a young girl in your life, a teen in your life, who likes making TikToks, who's really creative, who likes to write, who likes movies, this will teach your teen slash kid how to make movies, women's history in the movies, which is awesome. And it features a great quote from director Bria Grant. Um, oh, yeah. Great. it's illustrated it is a choose your own adventure style uh book so you get to make decisions about how the movie gets made and by making those decisions you flip to different parts of the book and you meet all the different people on a film crew and uh, they tell you what they do how they got their job what they use for their job and uh, what they love about making movies it's i mean now i feel comfortable bragging about it because i'm not the one who did the art it's absolutely gorgeous It is hardcover so it's nice and sturdy and there's a list of resources in the back for when your kid reads it and then wants to go on to make their own movie at home uh there's even a cool log in the back where i made a big list of recommendations of female filmmaker made movies and then there's a big blank part so you can keep uh recording movies that your kid sees and they can uh record their their rating of it their thoughts about it uh it's really really cool i am really excited about it again that's may 23rd i'm going to be doing a bunch of fun events for it and and in la and other places so yeah please pre-order that if you have a if you have a kid in your life or maybe you maybe you always wanted to make movies and don't know how they get made this can help you out girls make movies link in the show notes congrats Mallory! so exciting uh so before we talk about reading novellas we're going to take a quick break Reading
1: Glasses is sponsored in part by Green Chef. In 2023, help yourself to delicious, convenient recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste good too. Eat well in the new year without sacrificing taste. Look, you can sacrifice what you want in the new year to whatever God or or being that you want, but you don't have to sacrifice taste. That was a little glasses humor for you. You know what show you're listening to. Okay, so Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices make keeping a healthy lifestyle even easier. Put the time you save on meal prep towards achieving your 2023 goals or finishing the 2023 reading glasses challenge. You could be reading, but instead you're over there prepping meals. You don't have to do that. And you should check out the 10-minute lunches that Green Chef is doing. Each week's menu includes two convenient, low-prep, and nutritious lunch recipes. Ready in just 10 minutes. Wow, 10 minutes. That's amazing. There's no cooking required. It's perfect when you're on the go or pressed for time at the office. You can eat well at lunchtime, too. You can also just come home. Let's say you're tired after a long day. 10 minutes? That is amazing. Look, y'all know we love Green Chef. You know, I do love to cook. But what's nice about Green Chef is that I don't have to go to the store and buy, you know, a whole bottle of paprika because I want to make one recipe. It also has introduced me to all sorts of new things that I haven't thought about cooking before. And they do cater to all sorts of uh, dietary restrictions, anything that you have going. This is a great way to start your year. If you've thought about doing a meal service like this, I can really tell you that this is a great one. It is a great way to save time. It is a great way to start your new year. And just so you know, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone here. I will switch between the two brands sometimes. They're both very easy. I love Green Chef. I love a meal prep. It makes my life so much better. So go to greenchef.com slash glasses60 and use code GLASSES60 to get, wait for it, off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash glasses60 and code GLASSES60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. 60% off? I mean, that is almost free, if you ask me. That is, they're giving this stuff away over here, y'all. So go to greenchef.com slash GLASSES60 and use code GLASSES60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Glasses.
0: parenting. It's hard but don't worry you're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. They want to climb on different things and how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? (laughs) There is a right way to do this and if I can figure out that right way I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're ticking off our very first box on the 2023 Reading Glasses, Glasses, Glasses Challenge. Adding an extra glass in there. Glasses Mm -hmm. in there because it's... New year. Uh, we're <laughs> new reading year, new glasses.
1: New extra glasses in the
0: title. <laughs> uh, somebody said in the Slack that you need to, we need to just keep adding a glasses Yeah, every, for every year. year. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the first part of the challenge, we're reading a novella, but we're going to tell you what a novella is exactly and what's the best way to find one. We've got you covered uh, to help you with this part of the challenge. Uh, but first off, let's define a novella. Bria, you want to tell everyone what exactly a novella is? It's a short book.
1: It's a real short book. Um, But it is basically... a long, short story. That's
0: right, right. It's too
1: short to be a novel, too long to be a short story. It's usually between twenty and 50,000 words, which is longer than 40 pages, but shorter than 200. I think that sweet spot for me in the novella is like right around like a 120. 120, 150. That's how I, I, I like my novellas. But you
0: can go longer or shorter. So why did we put this on the challenge? We, one, we love novellas for a lot of reasons. Uh, We think that they can be a great way to get yourself out of a book slump because they're short and you're all of a sudden, boom, you've read a book in a few hours and you're like, wow, I'm a reader. Look at me. Reading one can be an easy way to test out a genre you've never tried before, which is great. And they can pack a ton of world building into just a few pages. So maybe you are in the mood for a complex speculative fiction book but are just too tired or stressed out for a big honker you just want a little sample platter of some world building some sci-fi or some fantasy or some horror novellas have got you covered but how do you find one Mallory that's that's the tough question yes yeah, so we we love novellas for lots of reasons but finding them can be a little tricky searching on Libby or on your library's website can be really hit or miss cuz novellas are sometimes not labeled as novellas and sometimes they are i also found out that there is a author whose first name is novella which oh, probably gosh. gets pretty confusing oh no but wait <laughs> but the funny wait, thing wait, is I, I, don't I don't think she's write. written a novella oh my gosh <laughs> wow but we tested out a bunch of stuff uh we got some good tips for you to help find novellas okay
1: so, first, bookselling websites, some of them like com, they have specific sections for novellas uh, so that you can always go check there. And then some publishers like com, obviously, they regularly put out novellas. That's where I get the vast majority yes. of mine, which I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, so you can
0: search on certain websites for novellas. And then, uh, of course, the big book review websites like Goodreads and Storygraph, they have novella tags uh, and novella recommendation lists. So you can go and search there. I think Goodreads is a little better about it than Storygraph, but Storygraph is still developing. People are still, you know, putting tags in there and stuff. Also, I think the best tip here is there's a lot of literary awards, like the Mm -hmm. World Fantasy Awards or the Hugos. They have a best novella category, so you just – Browse the list of the winners, and it is a great way to get recommendations.
1: Yeah. And a lot of classic books are novellas. So uh, if you search for classic novellas, you will find a ton. Stepford Wives, The House on Mango Street. Oh, there was one I was just thinking about that was a novella. My book club ends up doing a lot because we do a lot of horror novels. And um, a lot of older horror novels are novellas. And there's a lot of, like, just classic books. Um, If you saw the movie Passing, that's based on a novella. Yeah, there's a lot. And, um... And short story collections, Mallory, right?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of short story collections that at the very end, they'll like end end out with um, a novella. One of my favorites is uh, Magic for Beginners by Kelly Link. That is the name of the collection. And it's also the name of the novella at the end. So if you Ooh. want, you can just get one of those and skip to the end. Yeah, so, <laughs> saying, so what should people do?
1: Should they just read the novella at the end or should they read the whole
0: thing? Well, you can read the novella and then maybe save the short stories for another day. When you feel in the mood for short stories. That's a good point. Good point. Good point. So, Bria, what are you doing for this part of the challenge?
1: Well, y'all, I'm having trouble getting going this year. I've, I've considered this week just a little bit of a thinking about what Good I'm doing week. with my life this week. <laughs> um, I haven't really started thinking of it, but I do. I do already have one a book from the Murderbot series, which I think are all novellas. I think. Well, let me. Let me. Let me totally check that out because I could be totally lying. But I have one from the library right now.
0: This is one of those series that I just, I always assume that you've read. Mm-mm. And I'm very excited that you finally are because it feels like a very Bria book.
1: No, no, I have read um, two or three. So oh, I, okay. I'm, I'm making my way through. Usually around this time of year, I read another one. And I, so it's going to take me like 10 years to get through all Murderbot of them. Murderbot season? <laughs> yeah, I got Rogue. I have I have Rogue Protocol, which is only the third one. And it's 158 pages. So it is a novella. Um, I think, yeah, they are are all novellas, which is kind of great. You get in and you get out with the bot. You figure you figure out who or who it is not murdering, and then you you leave. But this is honestly, I like this part of the challenge because it's very easy for me because I love a novella and I tend to read a couple a year. I love the ones that, that Tor puts out. I I look at those those when we do this anticipated books episode. I will be anticipating them. I am always excited about. <laughs> The 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 tour.com novellas. Um and I find that a short shorter novel just holds my attention better. So I'm if I look at a book and it's like, oh, this is only hundred and fifty pages, I'm like, I'm probably gonna read it before I'm gonna read the seven hundred page book. So
0: this is an exciting one for me. What are you gonna do for this challenge, Mallory? I was gonna say, I think with a novella, you know that you have to pay attention a little more. Like with a big seven hundred page book, you know, you know that you can Slack off a little bit. Oh, really? You know. Yeah, maybe that's you know. I mean, you know, it's not going to be like it's very rare that a seven hundred page book is like every page is packed with plot. But yeah, with novellas, and in novellas they're going to get to the they story. Have to be. Yeah, which I like because then it's like you know what's happening in the first like fifteen
1: twenty pages. You know, like what this book is going to be, and so I like that aspect of it for sure.
0: So I didn't put anything in our outline because the novella I'm going to read for this part of the challenge is currently in a race. There are two novellas that I have. Oh, on, okay. And neither of them have come in yet. They are both, I am first in line for both of them. Wow, wow. And there's the same number of people ahead of me on both of them. So I'm like, wow. all right, is whichever real... one's
1: going to win. <laughs> Down the, one to of the wire them
0: is uh it is it, every, every day I literally look at Libby and I check it to see which one has come through. One of them I actually got from the World Fantasy Novella Winners List. Oh, cool. It's a short story collection, but the it ends with a novella. It's a speculative fiction collection called Never Have I Ever by uh, Isabel Yap. And I oh, found yeah. out about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know about that I, one. Have you read this? I haven't, oh, okay. but it was on
1: my to-read list. Like it came out. Was it last year?
0: Yeah, I think it yeah. was last year it came mm-hmm. out. And well, the funny thing is I found out about it because the artist who did the cover, Alexa Sharp, is the artist that my boyfriend Jeremy is working with for his graphic novel trilogy, The Night Mother, that is coming out hopefully next year, I think, or maybe this year. And I saw that he had reposted it because she had done this cover. And I was like, wow, that's a great cover. It looks like a cool book. And then all of a sudden I really needed to read a novella for for this part of the challenge. So I'm going to... That's in there. And then I also have... This one actually might interest you because it's a translated novella Mm. called The Root of Ice and Salt by Jose Luis uh, Zerate, And it's about the part of – it's like a retelling of Dracula but only the part where they're on the ship and it's from the point of view of the captain of the ship who's like, hey, why are all my my sailors dying every night?
1: That sounds great. (laughs) Is that that new? When did that come out?
0: It also came out last year. Oh, cool. Um. It sound Both of them sound really good, but they're in a race. Yeah. So I don't know which one's going to win. I'm definitely going to read both of them, but I don't know which one will be like officially for the challenge, but I'm excited for both of them. And... Yeah, I think uh I if if you have never read an I'm sure there's lots of glassers who are like, "Oh, this part of the challenge is going to be really easy because I love novellas." But uh there's a lot of people who have never never tried them. Uh I think because of reasons we've said before, they can be a little tricky to find because they're not necessarily like a given category in some places. Uh, but we want to encourage you to try them out. They're great for for getting you out of slumps. They're great for a beach read, great for a vacation read. We think they can really uh maybe improve your reading life a little bit. Um, So you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a potentially criminal reader problem, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by Dipsy. Gentle reminders for the new year. Check in with yourself before offering to help someone else. Rest when you need to rest. Ask for what you need and say yes to more things that make you feel good. Transport your mind to a world where you can relax and treat yourself to your deepest desires with Dipsy. Wow. Y'all know we love Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second-chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, hot and heavy hookups... It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners. And 56% of the stories are voiced acted by people of color. This is a great way to treat yourself in the new year. It's a great way. If if your new year's resolution was, hey, I need to be nicer to myself. I need to learn about myself more. We always talk about how important it is to know yourself. Well, Dipsy can help you find yourself and what makes you happy, what you desire, what you like. It's important for you to know. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. Again, we can't say enough nice things about Dipsy. This is a great way to have something. It's available all the time. You should put it right there on your phone anytime you need it. Look, I'm not going to say you should listen to it while driving, but you could. But you will always have it where you're traveling, in your bedroom, in the TV room. I don't know where you like to do your thing, but wherever you like it, it is available. So go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses.
0: This week on Bullseye, Tom Hanks, as you've never heard him before, mad. You moron. Thank you for <laughs> the use of the turn signal. Way to use your blinker, idiot. That's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Courtney writes in... Hi, Brianne Mallory. I'm having a bit of a moral problem with something that happened a few weeks ago at the Canadian big bookstore, Chapters slash Indigo. I haven't been buying books this year while I read through the 50 plus books I bought in 2021. So when my partner suggested we go to Chapters one beautiful Sunday morning, I was jazzed. 30 minutes later, I was at the checkout with five books in my arms, ready to spend a pretty penny Then the person working at the checkout was really nice, but they had like an I'm new vibe. And I noticed that when I got home, I wasn't charged for one of my books. I told my partner and my family group chat, they all said it's not a big deal. And I shouldn't admit to my accidental crime because one chapters has already taken so much of my money in the past 20 years. And this should just be considered a free gift. And two, I really didn't want to get the nice person at the checkout in trouble. Do you think I should have called them or gone back and paid for the book? I feel like this experience is slightly haunting me. <laughs> thanks for all you do. And thanks for helping me grow my TBR every Thursday. So, one, this is one of my favorite dilemmas we've ever gotten. Wow. Two, okay. I... I What I did is I tagged in Rachel Conrad, who is a friend of the show, uh, and she was on last year, and she's an event coordinator uh, for print bookstores, a lot of bookselling experience. And she said... If the guilt of their accidental crime is too much to bear, then I'd say definitely bring the book back or call the store, but not to worry about getting the cashier in trouble. If anything, it will make for a funny story that they'll get to tell their coworkers later, and it will be a gesture of goodwill that's deeply appreciated, and especially when it comes to doing any inventory in the store. Hope this helps. Bria, what would you do in this situation?
1: First of all, Courtney, I just want to say, you're a very nice person. This is a very sweet (laughs) dilemma, but... Maybe the person was flirting with you. Maybe they were like, free book for this cute bookish person. Oh, my gosh. Jeremy
0: said the same thing when I asked him. I, I asked my boyfriend. I was like, what would you do in this situation? And I, he was like, well, first, I would definitely bring it back. But two, uh, what if this, what if what you this went back and like, the cashier was like, oh, that one was a Buy four, on get one and free, and was like- <laughs> baby.
1: Um,
0: I mean, who knows? Courtney, take it as a sign.
1: I don't know. I mean, I know you were there with your partner, but um, right? Wasn't Courtney there with, with it? Her partner. Well, anyway, what would I do? I would probably call. Now, as an elderly millennial, I am not scared of phone calls. And a lot of people younger than me and older than me hate phone calls. And I bet I would call and be like, hey, this happened. And they'd be like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I, I feel like that I've probably done this before. And I think... I think, like Rachel said, it won't really reflect on the person who made the mistake, so you shouldn't really worry about that no. as much. They may ask you to pay for it over the phone, possibly um
0: or ask you out
1: who or, knows? yeah, who knows um uh, but and then you might have to do it. so I think if you call, you should be prepared to pay for this book. This book may cost you whatever I don't know twenty five dollars or whatever this this your goodwill and you being a good citizen, a good person may cost you money, but I think for the most part, like I don't know, I've never worked retail, like, that kind of retail. Like, if you work at a restaurant and you're like, oh, you gave me an extra soup, I'd be like, enjoy. You know, like, you wouldn't even think twice <laughs> about it. Like, whatever. As a book, I do think they will be like, the, the inventory question is the question, but um, I think for the most part, you're probably fine. And look, if you didn't call, I we forgive you. It's not a huge Huge deal. I. I mean. I. This person is not going to be punished. The person who was ringing you up, which would
0: no, be, my they're concern. Not be sent to the book dungeon.
1: Yeah. And look, if you if it, if they gave you like four hundred dollars worth of books for free, I would. I. That's the level where I think you should you should be like, hey, I think I think I probably owe this bookstore or something. Um. But my concern is that Courtney won't go back to this bookstore because Courtney's so haunted by this. So I think you need to deal with it, Courtney. That is my suggestion. Yes. And I would probably call and like call or go back up there and just say like hey one time I was shopping for books and the person accidentally didn't ring me up for this one book would you like me to pay for it and I'm sure the person will be like what like they will have like no response to this but then at least you will have done what makes you feel better and you can go back
0: to this bookstore uh what would you do Mallory? If I'm being completely honest which I'm about to be it Kind of depends on where it happened for me. Wow. Like, if it was a store that was, like, super far away, like, so Jeremy and I live up on top of a mountain, and if we had, like, gone down the mountain and gone to a bookstore that was, like, you know, two hours away from our house and I got home, or, like, I was on vacation or something... Uh, and I got home and I noticed, uh, I would probably just live with the guilt. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm being completely honest. Uh, But if it was my local store, which I go to all the time. Yeah. Wait, this uh, is the other thing I was going to say.
1: If it's a chain, I feel like I'd feel a little bit differently about it.
0: Yeah. But if it was my local store, um, you know, I I buy books at Speakeasy Books, which is our new local Idlewild bookstore. You know, I go there all the time. I probably just bring it in with the receipt next time and be like, hey, you didn't charge me for this. Honestly... I want to say I'm impressed that Courtney noticed it all because Mm. I hardly ever check my receipts and I bet this has happened to me before and I had no clue. And the thing I want to say to Courtney and I want you to take away from this is that you got to get rid of this guilt. It's not like you like accidentally put it in your purse and walked out with it or like stuffed it in your pants and ran away. You know, you actually, you tried to pay for this and someone made a mistake and that someone wasn't you, Courtney. (laughs) And it's okay. You know, you're not like... I un- I understand the guilt. And I'm sure the next time Courtney goes into chapter, she's going to feel like there's going to be like a-, a picture of her face behind the counter, like book thief tackle on site. But one, I'm sure they don't even know. Two, this is not your fault. But if you were really feeling bad next time, I I think we're both in agreement just next time you're there. And again, you should go back. They're not going to know. Just when you're checking out, be like, hey, last time I was here, I, I didn't get charged for a certain book. You- do you want to throw it onto my? Yeah. Uh, pile right now. Totally. That's an easy way to do it. And they're gonna be like, no.
1: (laughs) That's gonna be too complicated. Um Mallory, for our Max Fun, we've been talking about the Max Fun drive. I feel like that we this should be a level where like I'll just call the bookstore for you. We steal a book. Where we steal a book. No, I'll call the bookstore (laughs) for you and I'll explain what happened and I'll
0: record myself doing it and then we'll see what they say. There you go. See this is Bria Grant has many superpowers in my eyes. (laughs) Phone is one of them. I I am one of the people. I would literally rather drive down an hour myself than get on the phone. I deeply hate being on the phone. Part of it is because I'm I'm losing my hearing and I have a hard time being on the phone sometimes. But I, ugh, the dread in my heart when my phone rings. I have my, my phone set that most of the time, like, I have it on do not disturb. So the only people that can call me, the only people that can go through are Bria, my best friend, my therapist, my agent, and my boyfriend. Yeah, that's it. That's great. only people.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't want to be answering the phone to a stranger. This is not 1992. You're not just picking it up like (laughs) willy-nilly. Like, who could it be? Is it my crush (laughs) or is it the police? (laughs) Like, you don't know. Like, you don't, that's not, no one's living that way anymore,
0: Mallory. But I do think, look, I think they. No, my boyfriend's like that. Jeremy picks up the phone no matter who calls him. What? kind of chaos, yeah. like,
1: is he trying to cause in his yeah. life? Oh, not me. Mine actually all go, yeah, straight to voicemail, basically. But um, I just think that, like, they expect you not to call. And who is they? They is the, the man. I don't know. But I they expect you not to call, so I will make a call. Like, which... Oh, yeah. But if there's, like, you know, something wrong with my plane ticket or something, you email, it takes, like, five days. Like, I'm going to call and be like, I'll wait on hold for 20 minutes. I'll go on a little walk while I'm waiting to be on hold (laughs) to talk to you about what I need to talk to you about. And things get resolved pretty quickly that way,
0: you know? But I—Bria, I I do agree with you that I think that there's a pretty good chance, unless it was the cashier that that did this, that, like, by some lucky chance you end up getting the same person— the person that you that is checking you out next time, or the person who picks up the phone when you call, is probably just going to be like, "What? Yeah, like, it's, it's just too much of a pain for them to do it. They're probably just going to let you off, and you're going to feel so good. Yeah, I and think guilt-free. So Give them a call, Courtney. That's what we're saying. Oh God, I'm getting hives just thinking okay, about it. Okay, or go it, up but- there. All right, fine. I'll call them. I'll call you if this is another Mia, me, Bria, Bria, and Mallory thing. If you're a Bria, give them a call. If you're a Mallory, next time you're there in person, just be real casually. Be like, Oh yeah, next last time I was here, I I noticed that I didn't get charged for this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. And just again, shout out to Rachel Conrad, oh, friend yeah. of the show for, for weighing in with her bookseller knowledge. And if you want to solve your reader problem, be it criminal or not, potentially criminal, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at com. time to answer a recommendation request this week's is from Liz Liz says hi Mallory and Bria my wife and I recently connected with an old friend for a virtual book club discussion since we had all read either slash or by Alif Batuman we had a great time and want to choose another book to read together the problem is our wheelhouses are really different I like urban fantasy and my wife likes intergenerational family dramas our friend requested an under 200 page sci-fi or a scary book but not shit your pants scary and I said that I would write to you none of have read many sci-fi or scary books but it feels like you all might have some good suggestions Liz's wheelhouse is a secretly powerful magic using woman solving a murder bonus points for having a mysterious past urban fantasy and queer witches Bria what should oh god this is a great fucking pick I should have chosen it yeah
1: yeah well god damn it so it's not urban fantasy though but it is fantasy-esque um it has a family family element and it was on like the glass or top of the year every, every Glasser loved this book uh, and it's T. Kingfisher's What Moves the Dead it's horror-ish it's a take on the fall of the house of Usher has horror elements fantasy elements and it has old friends and friends are like family that ha- that helps right um, and there's a secret <laughs> which I think will scratch the itch for the mysterious past there's a secret um, going over and it was just like I think just a lot of the Glasser's really liked it and it's a quick one seventy. 7 us included page. yeah us being Glasser's this these old glassers loved it too. Uh, it's a it's a <laughs> these old glassers. What? I don't know. Listen, it's Saturday morning. It like I don't a know. Show.
0: <laughs> these old glasses. these old
1: glassers. Just me and Mallory on a porch in two rocking chairs. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Just talking. <laughs> we're Reading. Oh yeah, we're reading. That's right. These old glassers. Um, and it's 176 pages, and it's in paperback. Now it is a fairly new book, but it is out in paperback, so it's not an expensive book to buy. We'll totally recommend. What do you
0: have for Liz? Boy, this was a tough one. Trying to combine all this stuff, uh, I know. I, think I, I, I didn't close. combine all of them, and I'm sorry, Liz. I could I couldn't come up with it. So I think you, had, I think your pick is really really good. Uh, so I'm going to recommend "When Women Were Dragons" by oh, yeah. Kelly Barnhill, which was another Glasser pick from last year. And the, uh, I remember them t- talking about it on the Book Riot podcast, and they said. It would specifically be good for a book club. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really true. Because uh, it's urban fantasy, but it's written like a literary fiction. It's queer, and it's got intergenerational family drama. And it's it's not scary, and it's not under 200 pages, but it's got that, like, sci-fi speculative element. And I think this will make a really interesting read for everyone and inspire some really good conversations. It's about this big event that happened, I think, in the book, it's, like, in the 1950s, where a bunch of women turned into dragons. And not I wanted all to read this. Know. This
1: looks so good. I, I it's on my to read list.
0: And then you flash forward to like a few years later, and you're dealing with this the the, the protagonist whose uh, whose aunt turned into a dragon, but her mother didn't. So you have like this family sort of drama going on, and this the main character is trying to figure out, you know, like trying to find out what happened. But it's become one of those events that like people don't talk about in families. It's like become very taboo to talk about who became a dragon and who didn't. Um, so it really explores like female rage and sort of intergenerational rage, and uh, everyone I've every everything I've seen written about this book talks about how it makes for great discussion and be a great book club book. Cool. Um, and dragons aren't horror-y, but they are a little scary. Yeah, they're so, horror. horror Jason, I think. Uh, so I think this will fit. Um, so that is when women were dragons by Kelly Barnhill. Yeah, and mine is uh, what moves
1: the dead by T. Kingfisher.
0: So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, new year, new... Clothes, (laughs) Clothes, <laughs> new stuff. What they say, that is what they say. <laughs> That's the classic phrase. Uh, you can buy all kinds of cool reading glasses stuff on over at our Void March store. We have our new. My other car is a TBR list sticker. I now have it. Um, I have. I have it stuck on my twenty twenty three writing and reading journal. It's very funny. It makes me laugh every time I see it, which is every day. But there's shirts, there's totes, there's pillows, there's journals, there's all kinds of stuff over there. And all your purchases directly support us and our very hungry animals. Uh, There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show, folks, right now, we are at almost, we're getting close to 1500 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So you, this lovely person that is listening to it, listening to the show, if you use Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you opened the app. It has to be in the app. It'll take you 30 seconds, and you gave us either a five-star rating or a five-star rating and a little review. I think we should do a little something special, Bria, when we hit 1500. Maybe we'll do a live stream. Uh, if you have something that you want us to do, you can email oh, yeah. us, podcast at gmail.com. But uh, it really, really... it we're, We don't just want this number because it's a fun number. We want it because it really... Really helps us get new new listeners and sponsors. It really makes a difference for us. So if you listen to app, I mean honestly, any podcast listening app, please do it. But yes. especially Apple Podcasts. We're so close to fifteen hundred. Uh, thank you. We I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. Uh, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks Let's for listening. Read